Welcome back to the Leverage Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ari Mizell. And I'm Nick Sonnenberg. And today we are doing a far in the distant podcast interview with Johnny Deacon, who is in the future in Australia. Hey, Johnny. Hey, mate. It's, um, it's late here and it must be early for you. Have you had your coffee yet? We are having our coffee now. Thank you very much for asking. So where exactly in Australia are you? I'm actually in Melbourne at the moment, uh, all the way from England. Been here about six months now, but it's just, you're absolutely right. We're in the future. Well, thank you for coming to join us here. And since we've been recording in studio, we've been so reluctant to do interviews remotely, but we're doing this over Zencaster. The sound quality is great. We're running it through our recording studio equipment here with our engineer, Jay. So it sounds awesome. And I'm excited to talk to you. It really does sound good. It sounds just like he's here. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. I mean, I, I do, I've got to be honest, I got this set up from all of you boys, you know, after Chris, and he's just a genius. So he's got a set up with a road, you know, podcaster I can take everywhere. It's awesome. You know, so hopefully it does sound like I'm in the studio. Yeah. So this is perfect. So, all right, Johnny. So you are Johnny Deacon, the man of fitness. Tell everybody what you do. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, like first and foremost, I've got to, I've really got to say this that I've had I had Dr. Michael Bruce on the show this morning, and um, that was all for you boys. And like some of the work that he's doing in terms of sleep and genetics is like groundbreaking podcast this morning. So that just all happened from you lads setting that up. And um, actually, the field I'm in is in uh, fitness genetics and nutrigenetics, and actually leveraging DNA testing, which is now available in the market and actually scaling it within um, an online platform. And actually more than that, including other biomarkers like blood testing, finger prick, um, Colby testing, where we do uh, psychological analysis with modus operandi and also microbiome stuff. So we're kind of linking all of that together now into a unique process, which I learned from Dan Sullivan. And uh, we're really, really excited about where things are going. It's exploded since we uh, started working with you boys. So we're very happy. Well, thank you for saying that. So you bring a lot of science into the fitness realm, into working out, into nutrition, and, and really the, the approach that you take to the way that you help people with reaching their goals. Yeah, that's right, May. And I actually thought a lot about this before the podcast. And, you know, genetics, epigenetics, when I actually spoke to both of you privately and one-to-one -one consults, it's just so dense. And, you know, I think it's going to be really important to just give them a bit of a taster of what the possibilities are of this technology rather than really going deep. And uh, I'm sure we can have links with this episode, which people can investigate more. But, you know, the reason I asked you why you both had coffee this morning, if you had, is because we know I already know without meeting you that you're both fast metabolizers of caffeine and uh, you know how that actually drives your day that's the kind of nuances that we can deliver without even meeting someone you know remotely working with them with this technology you don't need to be a PT now working one-on-one -on -one, uh, limiting in that pool of expertise you can actually really hunt out the best of the best and actually start working with people that know their stuff on this but um, yeah that's right we're, we're, we're really focusing on a evidence scientific evidence-based approach with everything we do and I know that you guys are fans of that. I think that if we talk about Nick's results, how you did the test, the results that Nick got, as comfortable as he is sharing. And I think that there'll be some good questions that come out of that in terms, and, and really illuminate how you do what you do. This is great because we didn't actually get to finish the full consult that we I, had. So. I, I think this is perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll double team here. Yeah, I mean, I've got, can I be brutally honest and transparent i'm learning all the time with this in terms of doing consults you know like me and nick connected and he was obviously very busy and it actually taught me a lot about 
this stuff is really dense. You know, when you're trying to go through someone's genetics, you know, like people think that, you know, when you do your swab and it's all automated, it actually requires someone in a lab coat to actually go through some of that extraction process and make sure it's done properly. And once, you know, Nick and yourself have done swabs, I know it seems like, you know, Ari's done about 50 different DNA tests, but the one that we're focusing on really is is absolutely looking at what are the genes that can actually have real influence from the day that you find out about the data, you can actually start making uh, modifications to your lifestyle across nutrition and fitness protocols. And, you know, Nick and your uh, results were fascinating, probably more so for Nick because he's his first time that he's been exposed to this, I believe. And I think you both did, did 23, 23 me. tests. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, we could spend all day talking about 23andMe, but the biggest thing for me is it's more of an entertainment-based test. You know, when this started kicking about in 2012, they're telling you things about your genes, which for me cross ethical lines in terms of things that you can't actually do anything about. And we're really focused on what can you find out, Mm -hmm. like, for instance, being a fast or slow metabolizer of caffeine and make small tweaks to your diet or your your, uh, fitness protocols. And when we went through Nick's results, you know, the the panels themselves are split between a fitness report and a nutrition report. And um, the groundbreaking stuff, again, without diving way too deep into the density of of the literature, is that we can now look at percentage scores, recovery scores, injury scores, VO2 max scores. It's important to remember that's only one element. You know, you've still got your hormone protocols, your blood work. I know that you guys have been recently talking about glucose markers on an ongoing basis. All of this is wonderful, um, but it's actually what you actually do with this data. And, um, you know, we discovered... Uh, for Nick in particular some of the markers we actually know from a genetic point of view that he has a medium injury risk in and around things like tendon and ligaments uh, and for his kneecaps elbows Achilles tendon and also a slow recovery speed in relation to inflammation particularly genes that come up there are like TNF alpha and CRP um, and I actually deep dive these on my uh, podcast if people want to follow that up with the episode specifically about genes but what that means as a training perspective without even meeting Nick yet. I hope to do that one day. Um, If he decides that he wants me to be his coach, I can now start to plan out on the training side and start to tailor the information that we have from his genetics. So one of the scores is a power and endurance score. Nick was roughly 75% endurance, 25% power. So we can start to tailor the number of sessions that would be. So potentially two out of the sessions out of the three in the week would be endurance and then one power session. And that can go more grand about the sets and reps that Nick would do. So we would look at if he would decided fat loss was a goal, we could split that down the middle doing 75% endurance-based training. And that's not just like running on a treadmill. That's the volume of sets and reps that you do. And then do one session of strength and power, potentially doing things like deadlifts or squats. So we can start getting really granular about this. And a lot of personal trainers in gyms in New York, London, LA, wherever they are, they just don't know this stuff. They're just not using it and they're not leveraging it and it's letting people down. The endurance versus power, let's just talk about that. So that yeah. just, what does that exactly mean? It means that my body is built in a certain way where I am. I have more endurance versus power or my body needs more endurance workouts? Potential. Yeah, I mean, it's such a good question and it can get a very deep answer, but I'll give you an overview. Basically, we look at versions of the genes that give you a power and endurance score percentage. So that basically gives us an insight into the best types of training for you. And to give you the granular answer, that's across fast twitch and slow twitch muscle fibers for the purpose of what we look at in our test. And again, 
the genetics field, especially in the fitness field, is ever expanding on a weekly basis. So, so what would happen well, to someone like me that does yeah. more power versus endurance since you're saying that I should be doing more endurance? I could see another side of this where it's like, okay, maybe it's good for me to step out of my comfort zone and do things that I'm not necessarily great at so that I become more well-balanced. Yeah, I mean, again, just such a good question. And like to give it a basic answer, everything that we discuss with genetics reports absolutely shouldn't change your goals. So whether you decide to run the New York Marathon and you've got a predisposition like you do to 75% endurance, then we would just go with the flow with that predisposition. We would leverage certain genes. We know for you on the uh, endurance side, you've got particularly high levels of PPARGC1A and PPARA, which are to do without giving you too much detail, mitochondrial biogenesis. So how well you utilize energy at a cellular level that means that you know as a trainer that's training you i know that you're going to be getting faster results than someone that doesn't have those genes it doesn't mean that people that don't have those genes can't get to the same result for the new york uh, or london marathon it just means that we can go about it in in a more strategic way to answer your question though i mean if you came back like you did with a lower power response we've had athletes that are sprinters that have high endurance uh, genotypes but the environment has allowed them to actually express those genes, even though their starting cards they were dealt with when they were born tended to predispose them to more power-based training. So you can absolutely do something about the results that you're given. Yeah, because I was a sprinter uh, as a swimmer. So that's why I was surprised yeah. to see that was more endurance. But like, what do I do with that information? So I was a sprinter. You're saying that I was predisposed to do endurance stuff. So let's say I want to run the the New York Marathon. How would I train for it versus if the numbers were flipped and I was 75% power? So how does the training now Yeah, mate, this is awesome. Because I actually had a client three years ago that was actually – when I've been using this – testing since 2012 and when you're pioneering something in gyms you know like a lot of the trainers were getting annoyed because I was taking all their clients and really it's because we were leveraging this technology but a lot of trainers that used DNA testing like do a 23andMe test they don't actually know how to actually put it into a strategy and if you said to me look We've come back from the results. I'm devastated. You know, I'm 75% power. I want to do the the, the New York Marathon. How will we set our training up? And the way that I went about it with that client, he was over 80% power. What we did, we took a much longer period. That was first and foremost than someone with an endurance profile to actually get him there for London. And we structured his training to do more hit-based training within his long distances. So rather than doing the conventional, and I'm not a, a, a running athlete coach but rather than going about doing the protocol of hey let's do 10 miles three times a week what i actually got him to do was scale it down to five miles but within that i would get him to do hit based training to actually activate specifically genes like actn3 which is really really associated with uh, power-based activities because at a granular level something like actn3 actually produces something called mTOR at a cellular level and all that does is it opens up those those signal pathways for activation of power-based activities, fast twitch f- fibers in your muscles. And that's where things get really exciting. You can start to look at someone's power and endurance scores and then start to work with that. And we don't have time to go through the literature on that score, but it's pretty groundbreaking. I've had Nick Jones, who's pioneering that research on that score between power and endurance. And we're already seeing 2.7 times the results in the same amount of time. Now, that test that they actually did was just on a box jump and um, 
an endurance aero three bike test where you just basically go see how far you can go for for two minutes but i mean the research which we can absolutely link to this podcast is absolutely groundbreaking so for the power person it was five miles with hit training so for me which is the flip of that what would i do yeah and what would so yeah, my question I mean, is I, what would I, I do and then what would happen if i were to do the five mile with the hit since i'm not predisposed yeah i mean I, again i'm not a, a marathon coach and i know that you'd absolutely have to consider other things you know first and foremost lactic threshold you know how quickly you're going to build up lactic in the muscles and you'd have to do a separate protocol for that you'd have to include your vo2 max response score which is a medium here that. Yeah, yeah, I had my that? VO2, which was, I had actually a bad VO2 max, yeah. which I was surprised because you're, I was surprised that you told me I was endurance with my DNA considering I had a quite a low VO2 max score. It was like, I don't know, 400 or high 300s. Yeah, and again, it's just such a good point. And Granted, it was in January when I wasn't to... working out as much as I am now, but... Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and it brings up such a good point because really you've got to think of the environment as well. You know, your genetics, they say is 50-50. There, there are different experts that will give you different ratios of that. But the reality of it is your environment is absolutely key to this as well. So you have to weight that into the, the equation. I know that Ari said that when he had his VO2 max response score as well. You have to remember what this is looking at. It's looking at what are your genes saying in relation to certain genes that the algorithm is picking up and waiting according to the volume of research that's been done on that specific gene. So when you look at that VO2 max score for you specifically, there's certain genes within that marker which are going to be more profound than others, particularly one in particular, the VEGF gene, which actually contributes to that endurance profile. And all that does is it creates new blood vessel growth to support that type of exercise. So um, it, as I said, it can get very, very dense and we haven't even spoken about epigenetics. But the key takeaway with all of this is that someone can actually interpretate now your genes and remove you from that one size fits all protocol of just going for, hey, just go for your three times a week, 10 mile runs, and, and that's going to be you set for the next 12 weeks. And what about nutrition? Let's talk about how, how this informs your how you guide people in terms of what they're going to do with their nutrition. Yeah, I mean, and there's lots and lots of markers on the nutrition report. And, um, you know, when you get down at a granular level, you can really start to see certain genes, which when you go to a 23andMe test or a more standardized test that potentially doesn't have an algorithm that can weight the literature to be able to actually bring in all of the upcoming updates within the field of this really fast-growing place. The big thing that I would say in terms of the actual nutrition side of things is markers that you picked up on in discussion of this in your one-to-one -one calls was looking at things like the MTHFR gene, which is known as the, the mother Frecker gene, which basically <laughs> is to do with the methyl cycles and homeocysteine. And to give you a very 101, if you actually have disruption in those methyl cycles, you're going to build up this byproduct of homeocysteine, which with people that don't know, they have a mutation of that MTHFR gene, which is actually known as methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase. And what happens is that builds up up and people, you know, they can get depression, they can have DNA damage, they can have real nasties going on without knowing it. And just by understanding whether you have that mutation to that gene alone, you can start to put protocols in place by increasing folate, for example. Now, we both know that you guys came back normal for that. But if you've got a raised need of B6 and B12, then that can absolutely put people in the right direction of actually solving that. And the same goes for detoxification. 
you know, both of you guys have got the deleted version of a gene called GSTM1. And all that means is basically you have a tougher time on the phase two side of the liver detoxification process. Basically, there's two sides to it, phase one and phase two. Now, what happens is if you live in somewhere like New York or you live somewhere where it's very built up as an area, you're getting constantly attacked by these toxins and xenoestrogens and the environment in general. And your liver basically doesn't have time through evolution to decide whether, oh, my God, is this a spider, a snake bite, venom of some form, or is this just a small xenoestrogen from a deodorant can? And it just goes straight to fright or flight. And what that means is your your liver in that phase one and phase two never gets a chance to actually recover and go into maintenance and repair. We know from your scores that you have a tougher time actually dealing with that phase two of the liver. So now that we can put in protocols, and the simple one with that is, is cruciferous vegetables for both of you. When you're next in Whole Foods or your local supermarket in New York, Everyone knows that the Brassius family, coniferous vegetables are good for them, kale, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. But in actual fact, you guys actually need those to compensate for that missing GSTM1 enzyme. Incidentally, I know that you have kids, Ari, and the reason that kids don't take for cruciferous vegetables and Brassius families is because they're so bitter. So evolutionary, like the evolution has just taught them not to have it. Uh, and you have to actually build up their tolerance of it because they, they associate it with poison. So, um, yeah, it, I don't know if your kids are eating broccoli. They do, but, actually, um, believe it or not. They, my kids really like broccoli. Do they? Good. Yeah. Well, that, well I mean, you, you've taught them well. No, um, but, I, yeah, I mean, that's My what French wife taught parents. them well. <laughs> right, exactly. Absolutely. Um, so so what does it look like when somebody works with you? Oh, well, I mean, one of the things that we definitely do is take them through our unique process. And we, we absolutely understand that DNA is one part of many things. Uh, we've done a lot of work with Simon Sinek and Why Discoveries. That's the first protocol that we do with people to actually understand why they want to have change in this area of their life. You know, you've got to remember, you guys are a very high level of the spectrum. Certainly you, Ari, in terms of the health and fitness conundrum, you've done a lot. But one of the things that's gaping hole within our industry and our market is people are just so overwhelmed. You know, there's so many different technologies going on and there's not really anyone that's putting in a streamlined, unique process. And you guys are helping us with that. And from that wide discovery, we do use Colby assessment. Our Colby's are pretty much the same, uh, Ari. I'm, I'm four, three, eight, four. I know that you're one different on that. I'm not sure what yours is, uh, Nick. For Colby. But, um, yeah. I'm a fact finder versus Ari is a uh, quick start. Yeah. I'm, like an, I'm so an eight on fact, pretty, star, yeah. on, on, uh, fact finder. Don't, do you remember the, yeah. the rest of my store? Yeah, I, I can find We have quick. it. Yeah. Yeah, so and that's huge for us because inside our platform when we're communicating with people that are based in the UK, in America, wherever, we need to be able to communicate them in the right way to their Colby. So as I said, I learned that from Dan Sullivan a long time ago and that's now in our process. And, and then moving on from that, we then look at their genetics and then we use blood biomarkers and track our trackers uh, with on, on their wrist to be able to actually really understand them over the course of three month in increments and actually work with them in our community and you guys are in with our community um we're absolutely in the early stages of this but we like to feel like we're bringing a much more holistic approach to the market i'm eight five five three mm, yes what were you guys I, yeah. i'm like three four yeah. four seven or something like that i have to check yeah. <laughs> what are the more typical goals that you see people coming to you with i would imagine weight loss is obviously a big one but other than that yeah, I mean, we have to do a lot of framing with our clients because they've been so brainwashed for so long with Weight Watchers. 
So, I mean, like the first thing I get them to do is like throw out their bathroom scales and literally get a DEXA scan. So, I mean, like we, we really coach from an education point of view, like we have a really high filtering process. And the reason we've got an application and a one-to-one call with uh, myself and the rest of the founders, because we're uh, basically in startup phase, because we want to actually really get to know our clients through a three-year journey. We ask them a Dan Sullivan question, what does progress look like from you three years from now if we were to work together? And it's just like had the most impactful approach to our business because we're now dealing with people that are not brainwashed with weight loss and they're really focusing on optimizing their internal health and then as a byproduct, dropping body fat. And, um, you know, I know that you guys have been guinea pigs with lots of different things, you know, the the Aura Ring, which you guys talked about, I mean, just looks incredible. And I mean, it's just fantastic to see where this technology is going. But my first thing was, well, how are my clients going to do deadlifts with that ring on? You know, like I'm always thinking from a user perspective, like what can we be doing that will help the user get the end result without all of the complicated stuff but the re- the reality of it is dna data building algorithms including blood work this stuff's really complicated that's why i'm working with you guys to help me deliver for our clients and um i think we're in early stages we're very transparent um and we want to be partnering with people that have that big long-term vision with their health and fitness awesome well well johnny thank you for for your time today and thank you for for staying up late with us there in melbourne where can people find out more about you Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Nick. It's lovely to come on. And um, yep, mydnacoach.com. And we also have a podcast on iTunes, uh, My DNA Coach. And um, I'm really, really excited about the work that we're doing with Leverage. We would not be able to do what we're doing without you boys. So thank you very much for the support. Thank you for saying that, Johnny. I appreciate your time. Want to create more positive leverage in your life? Visit www.getleverage.com to access additional interviews, our blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe to hear a new episode every week.